electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Claire Odimodi. Today on our podcast, Omicron, the virus variant weighing on Wall Street. Tidal wave is not a great word to describe Omicron. We don't need another title. We don't need any kind of wave. Pfizer says its COVID pill is nearly 90% effective. Our Meg Terrell reports. 89% reduction in the risk of hospitalization or death when given within three days of symptoms to high-risk patients. And Slack founder Stuart Butterfield on the newest new normal. The hybrid kind of environment, I think, is, is here to stay forever. Because going back to the office two days a week doesn't seem like a decrease from five anymore. It seems like an increase from zero. That's all coming up today. Plus, Apple's march to three trillion. Why Morgan Stanley's CEO says he was wrong and... Elon Musk, Tweeter of the Year. With a few tweets, he is able to move markets. He just is. It's Tuesday, December 14th, 2021. Squawk Pod begins right now. First up today on the podcast, the markets and the virus. Fears of the Omicron variant weighed on investors as the major averages started the week in the red. In the UK, where cases of the highly transmissible variant are doubling every two to three days, Prime Minister Boris Johnson recently warned about the rapid spread. There is a tidal wave of Omicron coming, and I'm afraid it is now clear that two doses of vaccine are simply not enough to give the level of protection we all need. But one market bright spot to watch, Apple. The tech giant's share price hitting an all-time high, extending a record run and coming closer to a new milestone. As always, Squawk Box anchors Joe Kernan, Becky Quick and Andrew Ross-Sorkin talk you through Apple, one rally away from a big number. Becky kicks things off. Apple was hovering just shy of that $3 trillion market cap. The price to watch, at least the price we're all watching, is $182.86 a share. Guys, in reality, we may have already passed $3 trillion. We don't know for sure, but Apple buys back so many shares every quarter. And the mark that we've been using for this is what Apple told us in their latest quarterly filing. That was how many shares outstanding they had as of October 15th. That was 16 billion, 406 million, 397,000. But we also know that they buy back lots and lots of shares on a quarterly basis. Um, so, so who knows exactly? This is the number we have to watch, but it wouldn't surprise me if they've actually crossed over it at some point. The three trillion, what if we, what if we decided uh, that we use base eight? or base nine, or base 11. That's the only reason we even look but at this, because we happen like to use base numbers. 10. We like yeah. round numbers, so, we do. So, but yeah, but, but, but it's but base 10. Is, if it was base eight, we've already passed something. Well, my guess is 11. we may have already passed it anyway, because we were Meaningless. less than a dollar away from it yesterday. And, right. and on average, last quarter, they bought back 141,521,000 shares. I don't want to spend If they any continue more at that pace, it's been a couple of months that they've been buying back shares. Done. So who knows? Just wondering about the metaverse. Metaverse play into Apple, Sorkin, you think? I guess it does, right? 
I think it does when you when you start to think about the glasses. If you start to think that the AR glasses turn into VR glasses, that they that they play a role in it, maybe we'll see. Do you remember, Andrew? Do you remember the movie Wall-E? Do you remember where humans yes. were at that point? They were all uh, flying around. They're just big fat slobs laying back, eating all day long, living in a metaverse. I mean, they didn't even have any Kinda muscle like tone. <laughs> no, my muscle tone is back. But they didn't even have any muscle tone. I don't want. I like the world. I like the world. Well, you like driving. You're going to have a problem with the automatic I'm driving. Have tr- tr- trouble with all these things. But what, what, what are you going to do with the glasses, Andrew? You can't. You can't go out in those glasses and I, into the I, world. Andrew, Can't, have you tried them? Because I've no. actually been interested. Like, does it, it, what do they do? It? Yeah, what, like what, 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 what's going to do for me, Andrew? Well, the, hold on. There's two types of glasses right now. So right now you can get yourself a set of the Oculus, the Oculus 2s, okay. I think they are. And those you're going to sit with, and it, you can't see anything. I mean, you can see, you're looking at a screen. I, I want the ones that are and, just that look like sunglasses and people can't tell. But what you've I got was going to say is right. Yeah. What Becky's talking about is what likely, or at least the, you know, if you hang out like I do, unfortunately, on all these speculative blogs about what Apple's going to do next, they, they're likely to make glasses that look like glasses, but they're going to beam into your eyes and effectively put graphics and other things on top of real life. I mean, life. I can kind of see this. So if you're I, walking I, down the street, it would give you directions to it's something. Just, it, it just replaces the message, phone to a certain thing. Like Instead that. of looking down at your phone, you can be looking up and seeing all this stuff, and you're not going to fall off the side of the curb as you're Think texting about it at like the this, same guys. time. If you went, to, how, how often, I mean, I guess Which nobody I does this week. anymore. <laughs> but if you went to a cocktail party and you couldn't and you remember name. anybody's name, right? and it told Boom. you everything about every person, that would be something. But that's, by the way, that's not the metaverse. The question I'm just is thinking whether literally that of things is a of gate- stopping looking down at your phone all the time. You can look up. Is a and, gateway to yeah. a metaverse. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Omicron, because now mainland China has reported its first two cases of the Omicron COVID variant. The cases were found in separate cities, but both people had traveled overseas. Both patients are now in isolated treatment in hospitals. Back here in the United States, California imposing a statewide mask mandate for indoor public spaces for the next month. Now, that mandate applies regardless of vaccination status. It begins tomorrow and will last until January 15th. State health authorities are also recommending that tourists and residents who return from travel take a COVID test within three to five days of their arrival. COVID infections have increased 47 percent in California since Thanksgiving. Meantime, back here in New York, a statewide mask mandate is now in effect for indoor public places unless a vaccine requirement is in place. So uh, a lot going on. We saw what happened in the U.K. yesterday, but concerns continuing and persisting and perhaps at this point growing. Yeah. Tidal wave is not a a great word to describe uh, Omicron in the U.K. That's all you got. You know, just, just say that you don't even have to expound upon what, what you're talking about. It's just that it's a tidal wave. We don't need another tidal. We don't need any kind of wave. I wish we weren't getting any wave. Morgan Stanley's been, uh, Gorman, been outspoken about, you know, interpersonal relationships. And now even he, he has to walk back to some extent an edict that employees should be back in the office by now in June. He said he'd be very disappointed if workers hadn't returned to Morgan Stanley uh, buildings by Labor Day. But here's what he said yesterday on Closing Bell. We're in a transition period still. Um, I was wrong on this. I thought we would have been out of it by Labor Day, past Labor Day. We're not. And I think we'll still be in it through most of next year. Everybody's still finding their way. And then you get the Omicron uh, variant. You know, who knows? We'll have uh, 
uh, pi, we'll have uh, theta, we'll have <laughs> epsilon. You know, we'll eventually run out of letters in the Greek alphabet, God willing. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's continuing to be an issue. I just pray and hope everybody gets vaccinated and everybody gets a booster shot. That's our defense. Gorman said more than half of Morgan Stanley's employees have been uh, back at the firm's new uh, York headquarters, which must be close by. I see him walking by all the time. Sometimes he waves. Um, more than 95% are vaccinated. Other times I've, I've run out and I've yelled at him. And, and he kind of goes like that because I don't, I don't know. He doesn't want... Uh, you you know, are in Times Square. He may think he, you're one he's of those a bankster. Elmo guys. Yeah. Right. He's a bankster. I don't, we don't have the whole Greek alphabet. We can't use new. We can't use I, die because it's she. I hope we don't she. get to the whole Greek alphabet. That no. was That's what my I was thought. thinking, too. Like, not God willing. Let's <laughs> hope we don't run do you know the Greek pi is pronounced? Do you know pi is actually pronounced P? What? That doesn't, that doesn't work either. Yeah, in, in classic uh, Greek. Are you kidding P. me? No, I wouldn't kid you We've about been that. saying it wrong all of these years. Elon Musk selling another $906 million worth of Tesla shares. That's according to some new filings published late yesterday. He also exercised options to buy 2.13 million shares at a strike price, great strike price, of $6.24 per share. Those were granted to him via a 2012 compensation package. Earlier this month, Musk sold about $1 billion worth of stock, and he sold nearly $10 billion worth in November. So uh, sells a little, buys a little. He's, uh, he's going to be more than flat when this is all over in terms of his ownership in the company. So I know a lot of people are taking a lot away from uh, some of the sales. I'm not sure you should take that much away because he's going to continue uh, to be as invested as ever, of course, at a much lower basis than uh, a lot of folks who are buying in today. You know, we get the Teslackers, which they're insane because they want Tesla to go down. And then we got the Teslarians where they can see all of our body language that we hate Tesla all the time. The Teslackers Tesla can tell we love Tesla all the time. The Teslarians think we hate it all. So did you see the ones coming in? Hey, idiots. You know, he may have sold some stock, but now he's actually bought more, okay, than he sold. At $6. Yeah, at 6 At $6. At 6 You'd be an idiot not to buy at $6. Exactly. So, you know. People don't what always do understand. About, I didn't respond to any of those people. We should they were ignore. In my we should all weekend. I'm ignoring. And it's Twitter. not worth trying to get in and explain to them how it works when you are, you're, are granted options with a strike price of six dollars and go and buy it. I'm, I'm not, no, that's I'm what not I mean. saying that that. I'm ignoring it. I'm not saying it doesn't mean he has faith in the company hundred percent, but you'd be a complete moron to walk away from six dollar stock options. Right. Exactly. When the stock is priced at nine hundred and forty-six. Right. What I'm do you just, think of the Doge? Do you see what he's doing? No. Overnight? Overnight, Doge he corn? says he's going to be starting to make merchandise, and he's going to sell it for Doge. Tesla's going to make merchandise that's going to be sold for Dogecoin. You saw that? He has a well, lot you, of energy. Can you buy a flamethrower? Do do, Andrew, that's, you know, I'm still fixated on it. Does he, is he still making those, you know, shaped like a Tesla truck? I think that was a limited series. Doge is up 22% based on a tweet it's last 19 night. 19 cents. It was like a dollar, well, wasn't look, it? This I, goes to the reason that Time magazine made him person of the year. With a few tweets, he is able to move markets. I mean, yeah. he, he just is. I like I like that. And, and you know how much, you know, he's he's become nearer and dearer with every utterance uh, in recent weeks for me. I love him. I love him. But I think it should have been President Xi. I really do. I mean, that guy is it's the most influential heard- person on the planet. And that's him. There's just no doubt in my mind that she should have been time man of the year. Look, somebody, you you could have said all of the people working on the Why? vaccines should because have been the time it's, the China, because China is. But why? This it, it is year? a looming. It is a looming global 
transformation that we're watching before our eyes that we can do nothing about. And, it, and not that we should, because we're mixed. Huh? The, scientists would, the, the scientists didn't do it for you? Uh, the f first responders, the Pfizer, Moderna uh, scientists, yeah. that's, that's the pretty good. They the saved our the butts. They did is, save is our butts, that's for sure. Right. I mean, we're in mid-save. We're still trying to save. Our yeah. butts are still vulnerable. Uh, but, but you're right. Without that, and that's, that's what I do. You know, Andrew, I think about that, you know, mandates, vaccines, all that stuff. And, and, the, and just the, my, my mindset I'm telling you, when my doctor, my dermatologist said, you can go tomorrow, I almost started crying from joy. After the past year of wiping down stuff and scared to death to go get a Starbucks, when I was able to do that, it was like winning the lottery. So I just don't understand. I just don't well, understand. That should be your, your man of the year then, I guess. The, the, the scientist, the messenger, well, which one? The messenger RNA uh, yeah, inventor? Who I, would, I would put them all in one. Like anybody who was working on this that came up with it. You've got Johnson & Johnson. You have Merck yeah. who failed at their attempt but then quickly turned around and started doing mass production of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. To me, it was, it was this effort by all of the scientists right. and researchers and companies cooperating in ways that you hadn't seen before. I think that was a, a great, great thing. And there, there's so many companies you can point to. There's so many people you can point to. The responders, first responders, people on the front lines, any retail workers, any restaurant workers who were going in every day and, and during the height of all of this. Well, I mean, it's not supposed to be like just uh, like a thank. That It's not supposed to be thanking. It's just the... The They've biggest done it before. They, when, were you well, mentioned yesterday the I know, mirror, But they also put, they, they put tyrants on the front too. Which right, but I don't like those. I don't like it when they do those. I, you know, it's, but and Ch me, you know, she also the, factors into this story because yeah. we're not allowed to go in there to find out what the hell happened and right, everything else that's happened with it too. So that. he's even part of this story, not in a good way. Influential, Joe, true, but Joe, I hate when they do time she, of the year based on a She can have it in, 20, in, in, in 2025 or 26 when he takes over Taiwan. That could be, that could be his year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That could be his or year. Putin, Putin when it's Ukraine. Coming up on Squawk Pod, are you slacking all day? We are, as have countless of other remote workforces in the last 21 months. Slack founder Stuart Butterfield tells us what to expect for the future of work. There's some digital infrastructure that was supporting productivity and collaboration even before all of this started. And I think as time goes on, people are, are realizing the importance of that and the opportunities they have to really make a difference and be thoughtful about how people work. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. We're back. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Good morning and welcome back 
to Squawk Box here on CNBC. We start at 6 a.m. And I mean, if we can be here, you can like hit your clicker wherever, you know, just roll up, roll over, hit your clicker, start at 6. We're live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Joe Kernan, along with uh, Becky Quick and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Omicron is just uh, hitting so many companies uh, who are planning to bring their employees back to the office. Google has now pushed back its return uh, beyond January 10th for Ford. It'll be back now in March. DocuSign saying it'll reassess their plans as 2022 unfolds. All this means more remote work. So I want to talk to an expert about it. Joining us right now is Slack CEO Stuart Butterfield. Stuart, it's great to see you this morning. I'm curious, actually, how your own expectations changed even over the past several months uh, about return to work and what it means for the business. I think I've been on a, like a, a pretty shallow roller coaster because I, uh, I never, or I guess I haven't had the expectation that people are going to be coming back to the office Monday to Friday, nine to five for 18 months or so now. Um, I have had the pleasure of, of like, you know, maybe half a dozen or so in-person events and it's been great and I can't wait till we can have more of that. But I think the expectation that we're going to be back, even the two days a week thing leaves out the possibility that people live outside of commuting distance of, um, of an office location the hybrid, which is not a term that I really love, but um, the hybrid kind of environment, I think, is, is here to stay forever. Because going back to the office two days a week doesn't seem like a decrease from five anymore. It seems like an increase from zero. This has uh, been now about a year uh, since you merged with Salesforce. And I'm curious how, how it's changed for you and what you think, how you think the business unto itself is changing and also the innovation in terms of the technology and how we're all communicating with each other. Yeah, we've only had one quarter uh, since the deal actually closed in, in late July of this year, um, and it's been pretty great. I mean, it's obviously it's a very exciting time. Uh, I, th- I think it's had a positive impact on Slack's business. The model for the deal had us coming in at uh, 250 million in revenue for the quarter. We did 280, but I think a lot of the increased momentum will show up next year. But the thing that's really exciting to me is the depth of usage, the kind of the uh, additional presence we have in large enterprise, and the possibilities for for platform work. Because the importance of software in helping people get their work done, I think, is something that's really been highlighted. I like this thought experiment where in February, March of 2020, you know, imagine a world where we could all go back to the offices, we could have meetings, we could, you know, working lunches and all of that stuff, but had no access to software. Most of our companies would just disintegrate or cease to exist in 48 hours. So there's something, you know, some digital infrastructure that was supporting productivity and collaboration even before all of this started. And I think as time goes on, people are, are realizing the importance of that and the opportunities they have to really make a difference and be thoughtful about how people work. So today we might live in a, a virtual universe to some degree powered by the likes of Slack. I'm curious what you think of a digital universe called the metaverse and whether you think that's the future of work. It's a little hard for me to imagine putting the, the goggles on all day. Um, and I think you know, one of the, the things that we've seen tremendous success with is trying to take processes that today must be synchronous, so a meeting, uh, and replace them with an asynchronous process. And it's not that meetings are bad. I think face-to-face conversations can be fantastic. Uh, but not everything has to be. And we have this hammer called the half-hour Zoom call. So all the world looks like nails. People end up really overscheduled. So a voice-only feature called Huddles, which is like a little bit more ca- casual version of a, a phone call where the, it exists whether you're there or not and people enter and leave, kind of recreating the serendipity and spontaneity of office-based conversations, it's been a huge success. So that's kind of pointing in the opposite direction where we're, we're having the minimal amount of um, multimedia interface between each other. 
I'm a big huddler. But, you know, we, we should talk about the etiquette of huddling because I know some people even send you a little note. Hey, can you huddle now? And then other people just hit the, hit the button. What do you do? It's funny because you know, that uh, you know, the legacy, I guess we've had 100 plus years of the, of the telephone, which just rings whenever the other person wanted it to ring. And uh, still negotiating the, the etiquette, as you said, because that does feel rude. It's like a demand for, for your attention, whereas the uh, ability to kind of enter and leave is one of the, the highlights. Um, but, but do you think that over some period of time, there will be a future that will live in some kind of VR world? And, and if so, where does Slack fit into that? I can really, I can see the industrial applications. And honestly, it feels like we've been having this conversation for 25 years now, because it's probably been 23 years. And we remember talking about um, Boeing engineers wearing VR goggles back in the late 90s, early 2000s to visualize wiring diagrams while they were building a jet. Um, That kind of stuff still makes a lot of sense. People stocking shelves, um, certain retail applications, certainly medicine. But for people who are working on a PowerPoint with a chart that shows the projections for next quarter sales, the additional value of of being in like a cartoon universe with uh, people you work with, uh, I don't see the the value, but I also feel like that would be really annoying. Stuart Butterfield, we're going to have to huddle. Appreciate it. Great to see you this morning. Cheese will be next. Next on Squawk Pod, when breaking news is good news. CNBC's Meg Terrell with the latest on Pfizer's effort to make a COVID pill. They're reiterating they believe this should work against Omicron, so it could be a really helpful tool as we have this emerging new variant. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. We have some breaking news. This is Squawk Pod from CNBC. Stand back and buy in three, two, one, wipe cable. I think we have some breaking news out. Yeah, it's happening again, and it, it, you got to watch every morning because uh, of things like this. Meg Terrell, we'll see. I don't know what the news is yet, but joins us with some breaking news about Pfizer. Yeah, Joe, so Pfizer has the final results on its COVID antiviral pill uh, coming in the same as their interim results, 89% reduction in the risk of hospitalization or death when given within three days of symptoms to high-risk patients. It was 88% when given within five days, which actually was a little bit higher than the interim result they had. Uh, There were no deaths among people who took the drug versus 12 on placebo. And these data are really important because Albert Borla, the CEO of Pfizer, told us the FDA was waiting for the final results from Pfizer 
after they saw Merckx go down so much between the interim and the final. Um, the company also, for the first time, putting out new data from a trial in standard risk people, so folks who don't have a risk factor for severe disease with COVID. So this was a trial that included unvaccinated adults at standard risk, as well as some vaccinated high-risk adults. It missed its primary goal, which was um, alleviation of four straight days of symptoms, but it showed it reduced hospitalization risk in these folks by 70%. Also, both studies showed a tenfold decrease in viral load at five days. So Albert Boyle is saying here in the release, quote, this underscores the treatment candidate's potential to save the lives of patients around the world. And guys, they're reiterating they believe this should work against Omicron, so it could be a really helpful tool as we have this emerging new variant. Very encouraging to see there was not a big change for Pfizer's study after we saw Merck's results go from about a 50% reduction in that hospitalization or death risk down to 30% in the final results. Guys. Wow. Guess all we're missing is the Omicron. Uh, uh, well, it, they hope, and, and it, it should. It has nothing to do with the, the spike protein uh, in the, where the mutations are. So uh, it, it, you would assume right. it, it, it's, it would work just as well. And that, but you make the key point, Meg, about uh, the you know, I guess people were worried there could have been a, a disappointment in the final results uh, because of what we saw with the Merck uh, offering. That's a totally different mechanism. Yeah, that was totally different mechanism, but that was something that the FDA advisory committee really focused on a lot because the interim results looked so strong and then it went down so significantly trying to understand the differences in the trial. And so, you know, we have not seen the FDA act on Merck's drug yet. That advisory committee meeting was November 30th. It was two weeks ago. So we've been kind of waiting to see what the FDA will do. They haven't announced an advisory committee meeting for Pfizer. So will they just clear the drug uh, as they an analyze these new data? We'll have to see. On the Omicron, on a specific part of this, they do have some sort of test tube data suggesting this should hold up against Omicron. So uh, the, the data are stacking up well there. Meg, can you just explain the distinction between the 89% number and the 70% number? Yeah, so there were two separate trials. The 89% number was in folks who have risk factors for severe disease. So in that trial, you saw more folks potentially go to the hospital compared uh, with people who are on the drug. Um, in the other trial, the 70%, that was folks who are uh, unvaccinated and who are at standard risk, so didn't have um, high risk factors for severe disease or people who were vaccinated but did have high risk factors. <clears throat> there, the difference between placebo and drug was slightly less, but still significant at 70%. But wouldn't you think that, the thing that I don't understand is, wouldn't you think that it should work better in the people who are at less risk or no? They're less likely to go to the hospital, right? Exactly. In the first yeah, place. so it's, it's just the, the, the treatment population. So it can be easier to show a benefit in folks who are at higher risk. But really importantly is the viral load decrease. You're seeing really the same across both trials. At five days, you're seeing a tenfold lowering in the viral load compared with placebo. So the drug really does uh, target the virus. Which is great news and probably means you're less contagious to other people around you, too. Um, but, Meg, I think the big question is, when will this pill, if the FDA approves it, how long is it going to be before you can see this readily available so that anybody who feels like they're sick or feels like they get a gets a positive test back is able to get it? You don't have to just be a high-risk patient or you don't have to be somebody who's connected who can get this. When would it be available for anybody in the general population? We will have to see for whom the FDA clears this because they've had the data for high-risk folks for the longest, and so it was expected that the initial clearance would be just for people with a risk factor, the same way the antibody drugs are cleared now. 
But now Pfizer has this additional data. So we'll have to see what the FDA does with that. We also know that supply will take a little while in order to really, really ramp up. Pfizer, I think, already has shipped drug to locations to be able to have it uh, ready to go whenever it gets the clearance. Um, but exactly how much will be available is a question. And then, of course, are all the logistics of you've got to get a positive test, hopefully within three days of symptoms, and start taking this really early. Okay. Meg Terrell, thank you uh, for bringing us that news. Uh, good news. Very, very good news. That's the podcast for today. On our rundown tomorrow, the former hedge funder convicted in one of the biggest insider trading cases in history, Raj Rajaratnam, who tells Andrew Rosorkin why he maintains his innocence and says he has no regrets. Do you believe in the justice system? Overall, I do. When I decided to become a United States citizen in 1983, I accepted the rules of this country. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 a.m. Eastern to get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears. Listen to Squawk Pod where podcasts are available. Thanks for listening. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.